Hey, it's Andy from Talking to Teens. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review. Reviews on Apple and Spotify help other parents find the show, and that helps us keep the lights on. Thanks for being a listener, and here's the show. You're listening to Talking to Teens, where we speak with leading experts from a variety of disciplines about the art and science of parenting teenagers. I'm your host, Andy Earle. We're here today with Brandilyn Tebow. She is a life coach and retreat leader in the Los Angeles area, and she just wrote a new book called The Achievement Trap. We're interested to talk about this book and about some specific exercises that she has in here for identifying ways that you and your teenager might be caught up in the achievement trap and then how you can start to lift yourself out of that. Super interested to get into what the heck the achievement trap is, how she discovered it, and a whole lot more. So Brandy, thank you so much for making the time. Really excited to jump into this. Yay. Thanks for having me. So read the book, The Achievement Trap, and really cool stuff. It strikes me as like Brene Brown meets some Buddhist Eastern thought based in psychology, which is really cool. As a research psychologist myself, a lot of stuff in here I found myself saying, oh, yes, that's backed up by research. So so really cool. And I wonder what inspired you to write it. What is The Achievement Trap? How did you discover it? And what inspired you to write it down? Yeah. So the achievement trap is this like phenomena that I was seeing unfold with so many different people in my life, but in very, very different ways. You know, I was in my own achievement trap for like most of my life, but it took me becoming a coach and a retreat host that was working with people, seeing like the conditions that they were dealing with in their lives to kind of start putting all the threads together. So it wasn't really my own experience of the achievement trap that had me start writing about it, but it was having so many different conversations with people who struggle with workaholism or with eating disorders or with drug addiction or with perfectionism or with never feeling good enough and just kind of realizing that it was all the same beast, just wearing different clothes. Yeah. At the core, they're Mm -hmm. all suffering from the achievement trap. So, yeah. So what, what is that and how does it work? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the achievement trap is the idea that you're only good enough by virtue of your accomplishments, that being good enough is not your birthright, being worthy of love is not your birthright and deserving to live a really created happy life is not your birthright. It's something that you have to continually earn. And if you stop achieving and if you stop producing by society's standards of production, then you lose the right to all of those things. And it induces this sense of fear and panic In people, it's very familiar to all of us. Anytime that you feel that frantic need to do more, anytime that you feel uneasy about like how much you accomplished in a day and you start forward thinking about, okay, how can I overcompensate for already feeling like I'm not enough? Anytime that you feel like you have to put on a show for other people, you have to be liked, you have to please others. All of that is just different forms of that root sense of not feeling innately good enough. 
that is the achievement trap. So it strikes me that it's like a form of conditional self-acceptance. It's this situation we put ourselves in of like withholding our own empowerment until we're able to kind of achieve something or accomplish something. And I was really interested to talk to you about this topic because I feel like in the parenting literature, people are talking about, you know, helicopter parenting. And I think kind of like from the other perspective, like this idea that we're kind of instilling this need to achieve and to get into a a good college and to have the resume with the laundry list of every club that we were president of and whatever, and that we're kind of like instilling into our teenagers from an early age. And I'm really interested to talk to you about where this comes from and if there are things that parents are doing that are kind of maybe leading to this and if there are things that parents can do that can kind of like help teenagers find that unconditional self-acceptance and empowerment like right now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And oh gosh, this is so important because we all inherited the achievement Mm -hmm. trap. None of us created it. Why would we create something so like fear-based and unfulfilling. We didn't create it. It's literally like a conversation that we were born into. This conversation of your productivity is your worth. And parents definitely pass it on to future generations. And they do so out of love because they believe that if they're not instilling within their children this idea that your productivity is your worth, because they're in the achievement trap, they think that that is going to make their kids not create anything with their lives and then therefore become unhappy and unfulfilled. So what really the biggest shift that needs to happen is rather than teaching our kids that your results give you access to who you want to be, we need to teach our kids that choosing who you want to be in every moment is the most important, like bar none, Mm -hmm. and that the results are actually irrelevant. However, when you're being who you're most committed to being, the right results will show up, but you don't even need to pay attention to that. You don't even need to focus on results. You need to focus on who are you being, who are you showing up as in every moment. So for example, like this idea that you're only allowed to be confident when your body looks a certain way. That's like a very prominent example of the achievement trap. And I think parents unintentionally pass that mindset off to their kids because they want their kids to be able to feel confident when really what they need to teach their kids is confidence is unconditional. Confidence is not something that you have to earn. It's a choice and you can choose to be it in any moment of time. And from being confident, then the actions that you would take are given by that way of being. You don't have to earn the right to be that way by proving your worth. Okay. So this is something that I have thought about a lot. One of my favorite business philosophers, Jim Rohn, talks about this. And he says that what he's found in his life is like there's a way of trying as hard as you can to accomplish something, but still being completely detached from the outcome and being okay with whatever happens. And I don't really know how to teach that. I feel like you have touched upon it in this book. You have a chapter on how being okay with who you are now doesn't mean that you don't want to improve yourself at all, right? Like, So I guess what I'm getting at is how do we walk this line between escaping the achievement trap, but still doing things that contribute to other people's lives and contribute to the world in a positive way. Totally. Yeah, that's probably like the most important question that you can ask about this book. And this idea of being committed and unattached is like the secret to happiness. I swear. It's like the thing that we all need to learn. How can I be committed 
for example, to making a difference for somebody else and be unattached to how that's showing up. Because if I'm authentically committed to making a difference for someone, but I like need for them to get better, then that's my own like ego stuff that's going on. That's not really me just being authentically committed to making a difference for them. If I'm authentically committed to making a difference for them, then I just keep being however I need to be. Just keep trying on ways of being to try to make a difference for them. And then if they are making changes, then great. And if they're not, then I'm still free to keep being that way. But if I'm attached to the result, then as soon as they're not being who I need them to be, then I'm going to start being reactive and I'm going to lose my power in that situation. You've given them power over your internal state. Yeah, exactly. So being committed to what matters to us most in life and being unattached to when or how that happens just gives so much freedom and flexibility. And then the second question about how can we let go of the achievement trap and still create so much in our lives, so much positivity. And there's a a chapter in the book, Stop Being Dissatisfied, We're under this like a mass illusion that the more upset we are with ourselves, the more motivated we will be. So to go back to the like health example, we somehow believe that if we're ashamed of our bodies as they are, that that's going to motivate us to want to be healthy. When really there's two motivating forces in the world and one is shame and the other is inspiration. And when you're in the achievement trap, you're motivating yourself from shame. When you're free of the achievement trap, you're motivating yourself from inspiration. And I believe that inspiration is way more powerful of a motivating force than shame is. I don't know that to be true. Maybe you can do the the scientific research and prove my theory. (laughs) But regardless, what I do know is that it's a lot more fun to be motivated from inspiration than to be Mm. motivated from shame. So how do we inspire teenagers through inspiration so let's let's like think of an example i'm trying to get present to what a teenager's life is like so let's say that there's a teen that plays soccer and he or she is feeling consistently really frustrated and upset with themselves because they feel like they're not good enough at soccer yeah the conversation for that parent to have with them is not to encourage them to be upset and dissatisfied with themselves. So no languaging about like, just use this feeling and channel this into doing better and into practicing, like use this feeling of being upset with yourself. Like that's not the conversation to have. The conversation to have is to sit down with that teen and say, why does soccer matter to you? Why why do you play soccer? Mm. And then digging for like what the root underlying commitment is there. Is the commitment they play soccer because they love having teammates? They love that sense of being on a team? And if so, then you inspire them from that. It's like, okay, awesome. So you love this sense of community. You love this sense of being on a team. So that's what inspires you most. It inspires you to show up as an awesome teammate. So how can you do that? How can you use this experience of perceived failure to be even more empathetic to your teammates? Well, what if they're inspired because they like to post pictures on Instagram from the soccer games. 
well then like dig deeper and figure out what that is. Okay, so you love people liking these pictures that you post on Instagram afterwards. So what are you getting from that? Are you getting a sense of getting to feel confident? Are you getting a sense of feeling proud? Are you getting a sense of feeling liked? Like what is it that you're looking for in that situation? And then how can you be that? How can you go be a person that gives that to other people since you know what this experience is like? I love this section in your book where you kind of walk people through how to do that. And there's fill in the blanks. And the idea is to kind of dissect your goals and figure out why you're pursuing these things. Like what is the need that you're trying to fill by achieving this goal? And could you just embody that now without achieving this thing first? And so I think that's cool. And that sounds like what you're sort of suggesting right with your teenager is like figuring out what your teenager's goals are what are the things that they're working towards and honestly some of these things are probably things that you as a parent have inserted in there but there are definitely things that your teenager is working towards and figuring out what those reasons are is really important what are some examples of like some of those needs that you might like try to stay tuned for and categorize your teenager into Yeah. So again, when you look at what is my teenager striving towards, like what really matters to them? Do grades matter to them? Does popularity matter to them? Does being an athlete matter to them? Does being an artist matter to them? When you figure out those goals, then you can dig for the underlying commitments. And when you can get a teenager to understand that it's not about winning the soccer game, but it's about feeling loved and feeling proud and If they can understand that, then you can have conversations with them about, okay, why is your feeling love and feeling proud conditional on winning the soccer game? Mm. Because that really comes from a sense of unworthiness, again, from a sense of like, I'm only deserving of feeling loved and proud when I win. So those are amazing teachable moments. Like when the kid loses the soccer game, that's the perfect opportunity to have a conversation with them about like... Whether or not you win the soccer game means nothing about you. It means nothing about your lovability. It means nothing about your worth. And we are unconditionally proud of you regardless. And let this be an opportunity for you to practice being unconditionally proud of yourself and to empower other people in being unconditionally proud of themselves and unconditionally love themselves. So those moments of failure are actually the best time to jump in there and to teach about like this experience of feeling like a failure that's you giving your power to something outside yourself. That's you saying, here, soccer game, you are responsible for my happiness. Here, math teacher, you are responsible for my happiness. Here, person who judges for the school play, whatever, like you are responsible for my happiness. And how can you reclaim that power and restore it to yourself so that you have that unconditional self-love, unconditional acceptance, unconditional pride? So figuring out what matters to your kids And then digging a little deeper to figure out what the way of being is. There's literally a way of being that each one of your kids' goals is reflecting. Like Mm -hmm. if they are really concerned with being a good student, like what's the way of being that they actually want to practice? They want to practice being like inquisitive and curious and analytical and thoughtful. So like those ways of being are unconditional and no teacher can give them permission to get to be that way. Like that's their right. right. And it's something that you can do. Like it's active. Whereas like succeed is not really something that you can do. It's dependent on other people approving of whatever you've done or whatever. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that's so interesting. And it makes me think of this acting teacher that I studied with for a while. You know, acting, it's all about like your objective and you have a super objective throughout the whole story. And then in each scene, you know, your character has an objective of something that you're trying to get from the other person. But she would like boil down all the objectives and basically any character in any movie, there's like only like three or four possible really deep objectives that she says you can boil down their thing to. And it's like validation, you know, is one of the big ones. Just the need to have people say that you're enough and they're good. Love, you know, admiration to have people look up to you is a big one. Power is a big one to just have people, you know, listen to you and respect you. And then like redemption or uh, feeling like you somehow, you know, need to make up for a shortcoming. And it's kind of what hit me in reading your book is that a lot of this, the, the same thing that problems can often be boiled down to uh, just like a few basic needs that we're trying to fill with these behaviors. Exactly. Yeah. And being able to teach kids that all of those things are things that they can give themselves. Like, oh my gosh, how, oh, if we could teach every child that they don't need to seek for validation or love or approval or acceptance from anybody outside themselves. And that when they're questing for that, that's actually just a request for them to give that to themselves. Like that's their like inner child or their whatever you want to call it, like asking, can you please, please, please just give this to me unconditionally without needing to like go get it from all these other places? Because really eventually we have to give it to ourselves anyways. It never truly satiates our need when we're getting it from outside sources. So it's just like, we can learn early on or we can spend 60 years of our life searching for it and then realizing that it doesn't come from outside sources. And I think what's happened like this week in the news with two extremely Mm -hmm. successful people committing suicide, it shows like literally success and outside validation is not correlated with happiness or fulfillment. And we've been so programmed to believe that it is. And it's such a shame because then when people finally do get all that outside validation and spend their lives searching for it, and then they realize that, oh, it didn't even come from here. That's yeah. The book is The Achievement Trap, and I really encourage people to pick up a copy. Get one for your teenager, especially I think for teenage girls, because you, you do dive into a lot of stuff on body issues in here that I think is so huge for teenage girls right now. And so, I mean, it's, it's a really easy read, uh, 135 pages. It's got stories in it. Thank you so much for making the time to speak with us today about The Achievement Trap and about your book. It's really cool work that you're doing, so keep it up. Absolutely. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. We're here with Brandilyn Tebow talking about her new book, The Achievement Trap, and we're not done yet. Here's a look at what's coming up in the second half of the show. When we have the most discipline is when we're most in love with what we're doing, when we're most inspired by that idea, when it feels best to us to do that. So rather than feeling like we have to be our own authority figure that's punishing ourselves if we don't do it, instead, like, how good would it feel for you to be somebody that got to do that thing? A really important thing to do is when you're noticing your kid in the achievement trap in some way. So when you're noticing your kid really upset about whether or not they're achieving a goal or looking good enough or popular enough or whatever enough, if they're like very focused on being blank enough, then you can ask them like, who are you afraid that you're going to disappoint if you're not this? 
I have a, a coaching client who's 15 and she's amazing. And she read this book and she realized afterwards, she was like, you know what? I'm really frustrated at myself that whenever I get a bad grade, I'm upset about the bad grade. She's like, why do I care about the grade? Why aren't I upset that I forewent an opportunity to really learn and develop myself? I didn't master this material or whatever. Yeah, exactly. She's like, it's really cool that I get to have people that know a lot about different subjects teaching me every day. Like, it's a shame that if I get a C on my history exam, it's a shame that I didn't have the opportunity to learn from that person in this structured way. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, exactly. And now she's inspired by learning rather than feeling like it's this thing that she has to do to prove herself. She's like, this is cool. High school is awesome. (laughs) Like a lot of moms pass on their negative body image onto their kids because their kids see how they're constantly stepping on the scale and how their emotions are dictated by the number. Oh, sure. Rather than always parading around your kids' accomplishments, parade around who your kids are. So rather than saying like, oh, little Jimmy got straight A's, isn't he such a great person? Talk about like, little Jimmy is a phenomenal human being. Want to hear the full interview? Sign up for a subscription today. You get unlimited access to all the interviews I've conducted. It's completely affordable. And your subscription helps support the work we do here at Talking to Teens. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.